Chapter Six of The Lark by E. Nesbitt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. And then, with the most graceful self-possession, lying pale and interesting under the paisley shawl, Jane told the master of Cedar Court all about it. Lucilla uttering timid, confirmatory noises. So you see, Jane wound up. If we'd had the least idea that you were at all like you are we should have come and asked you butter said the old gentleman shortly it's the best butter quoted jane i mean that it's quite true and i wish we had asked you you mean to tell me then he said looking very straight at her that you crept into that house and explored it by candlelight merely because you thought it a suitable residence for two young ladies who wished to sell flowers well said jane handsomely of course there were other reasons but i've given you the best ones the others aren't so respectable of course there was curiosity and the soul of romance feeling that there is about old houses and and well i suppose the sort of idea that we weren't going to let a silly old board keep us out if we wanted to get in I admire your candor, said the visitor, and he quite evidently did. But suppose the house had been locked up for some really romantic reason, because someone had lived there so dear that no one else was good enough to live there after her. We never would have, said Jane indignantly. Of course we wouldn't. You see, we knew it was only temper. Distemper, I mean. I mean paint. The visitor laughed jane cold with excitement and rigid to the ends of her fingers and feet with the stress of the struggle relaxed a little and what does the other young lady say he turned to the still inarticulate lucilla i say what jane says she answered still fluttered do you always no of course she doesn't jane put in but she can't say anything true without blaming me because the whole thing was entirely my fault and you're paying for it, eh? He glanced at the hump that her bandaged foot made under the shawl. Well, a little, perhaps, said Jane. And Lucilla said, It was really my fault quite as much. I wanted to just as badly, only I shouldn't have had the pluck. Jane's so brave. Yes, he said musingly, so it appears and your relations how do they regard these heroic exploits we haven't any relations said lucilla and explained their position he listened and when she had done said that guardian ought to be shot and you're left like that with only a few hundred pounds and this little house between you and destitution it's a dear little house said lucilla gaining courage but you see it is so little we can't grow enough flowers to sell and all the flowers in your garden we couldn't help gloating over them and wishing we could sell them we've sold quite a lot even here and we absolutely must do something before all our money is gone you see jane might be an artist or i might go on the stage but we should have to learn how and that takes time and you have to have meals every day don't you so you see we must begin to earn money at once 
if it wasn't for that how lovely to live in this dear little house and learn to paint and act i am glad you appreciate the house he said it is a lady's house the lady from whom you inherited it was one of my very oldest friends you knew my aunt lucy cried lucilla how splendid yes i have often been in this house when i was a boy your aunt and her mother lived here your great-aunt she must have been by the way i am pleased to see that you haven't altered anything oh no said jane how could we when everything's so absolutely right that's true and i compliment you on your clear sight in perceiving it now miss jane you've told your tale admirably and miss lucy has come up well in support what do you expect me to do i hope you'll forgive us butter 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 he said warningly and not the best either it isn't my forgiveness you covet it's my forget-me-nots now i tell you candidly i'm not going to play the part of the benevolent uncle and hand over a cedar court to you to play the fool with no i suppose not said jane regretfully but i'll tell you what i will do jane clasped her hands and sat bolt upright on the sofa oh what she cried tell us what you will do i will let you use the garden and cut the flowers you may even employ a gardener if you like i shall be the gainer by that and we can cut all the flowers we like and bring them home here and sell them oh thank you thank you how perfectly glorious both girls took part in the spirited reception of the old gentleman's offer very glorious he said dryly having to buy a handcart or a barrow and lugging the flowers here in all weathers dragging your petticoats through the rain and spoiling the blooms and nowhere to display them when you've got them here besides destroying the whole atmosphere of hope cottage no i'll do better than that young ladies you shall have the run of the gardens and you shall have the key of the garden room that's the room you tumbled into he explained turning to jane only of course you didn't see it it's painted gas green perhaps it will show off the flowers you can put a board up at the gate the misses jane and lucy florists by the way what are your full names jane quested lucilla cray they told him well as a matter of fact i shouldn't put up your names if i were you just put cut flowers fresh vegetables and fruit oh yes there'll be vegetables if you employ a gardener and there'll be fruit in any case the garden room is at the end of that wing that comes nearly to the gate so it will be quite convenient for all purposes you are good said lucilla oh you are and i was so frightened of you but jane said it is very very good of you and what rent are we to pay he looked at her curiously i hadn't thought about that he said suppose we say ten per cent on your sales how much exactly is that she asked i mean if we sold a pound's worth of flowers what would the rent be two shillings he told her smiling then thank you said jane that seems quite fair because of course we shall have to pay the gardener 
and to spend most of our time there if we're to make anything out of it i think you will make something out of it he said you seem to me to have some aptitude for business well my name is rochester james rochester i'll send you the keys of the gate and the garden room and a letter giving you formal permission to sell the garden produce i am just off to madrid there is a book in the library there which i have to consult and now i wish you good afternoon and good luck we've had that said jane beaming at him and again he said butter but he said it quite gently when he was gone the two girls fell into each other's arms who says we weren't born under a lucky star said lucilla rocking to and fro with her head on jane's lean shoulder yes but said jane it's all turned out very well as it happens but what about your young man with the nice face treacherous dog he must have gone straight away and told the old gentleman he didn't look as if he would said lucilla perhaps he found out in some other way that's so likely isn't it put not your trust in young men with nice kind faces lucy well i'm only thankful that we found him out in time in time yes mr james rochester might have called later on after we'd received that nice kind-faced young viper and given him tea and cake and gratitude and cream sandwiches whereas now just tell mrs dupton we're not at home to anyone will you luce but surely you'll give him an opportunity to to what to tell us that he deceived us give him the chance to do it again not much if you like to see him and listen to his lies do i'll go to my room she moved on the sofa as if to get up oh don't said lucilla of course i'll do as you like but i don't care what you say i believe it's somehow not his fault if it's any comfort to you to believe it go on believing by all means meantime tell mrs dubton death to all traitors if you can't behead them you can at least cut them dead thus it happened that the helpful young man with the nice kind face coming to call on two ladies from whom he had parted on quite friendly terms was met at the door by a neat drab-haired woman who entirely filled the doorway and said stolidly not at home sir but he said i am expected not at home sir was the reply i was to call at five not at home said mrs dubton monotonously faithful to her trust oh very well said the young man and went down the white steps of hope cottage he does look furious lucilla said peeping round the yellow damask curtains and well he may oh she added drawing back hastily what's the matter said jane he turned round said lucilla and saw you of course well you've done it thoroughly this time lucy done it said lucilla bewildered yes we can never make it up with him now whatever explanations he gives but you don't want to make it up with him you said he couldn't have any explanations lucilla urged still there's such a thing as manners saying not at home is one thing but looking out of the window and putting out your tongue at him is another 
I didn't. Well, the principle's the same. Don't let's weep over him. We shall never see him again, or know how he came to have the keys, or why he isn't the owner, or how he dared to burgle the cellar for that port wine, or any single thing. But you don't want to know. Of course I don't. He's dead and done with. But Cedar Court, Lucy, Cedar Court. Don't let's talk of silly young men with kind faces and black, false, knavish hearts. Let's talk about Cedar Court. Our Cedar Court. Aren't I tactful? Don't I always do the right thing? How extraordinarily clever it was of me to fall down those stairs, wasn't it? If I hadn't done that, Mr. James Rochester would never have come to see us, and we should never have got our heart's desire, our cedar court. It isn't ours, said Lucilla, only the garden and one room. Ah, but that garden and that room, don't you see what that is? It's the thin end of the wedge, my dear, and not such a very thin wedge either. And on second thought, we won't talk about Cedar Court, because I want you to slip on your bonnet and pop up street, as Cook used to say at school. What a long time ago that seems, doesn't it? What do you want up street? Why, a bath chair, of course, said Jane. You don't suppose I can keep away from Cedar Court, and a carriage couldn't go all over the place, and a bath chair can and you can push it, can't you? We won't have any wheezy old pug of a bath-chair man spying on us. We'll take possession of Cedar Court all by ourselves, just us two. They did. The key and the note from Mr. Rochester were duly brought that very evening by a sober-faced man-servant. The bath-chair was found with some difficulty. It was the only one in the district, Lucilla was assured and the chickens had unfortunately taken to roosting on it in the outhouse where it had spent its later years but it should be well cleaned miss you might be sure and brought round to hope cottage at ten to the minute and it was it was as jane said a moment worth living for when the big key having unlocked the wrought iron gate jane and lucilla and the bath chair passed through lock the gate said jane we'll not leave it open till we've got our board up we'll paint that to-night what a lovely lot of things we've got to do garden first lucilla asked pushing the wicker bath chair up the mossy drive rather we'll keep the gas-green room for the last oh look at the hyacinths and the daffodils and the narcissus and the forget-me-nots just coming out. They had turned the corner of the house and, passing close to the yew-hedge, now rough and, as it were, hairy instead of close-shaved, as yew-hedges should be, came upon a lawn surrounded by trees and shrubs. At the end of the lawn two tall cedars stood like king and queen, on each side a weeping ash its long branches trained over iron hoops, stood, as Jane said, like crinolined ladies in waiting. Round the lawn were grouped the courtiers, all in court mourning for last summer, but with the promise of new green suits already displayed. Lilac, broom, 
Guelder Rose, American currant and almond trees like pretty girls in their coming-out dresses, and all among the grass and along the edges of the shrubberies were flowers and flowers and more flowers again. It's like the field of the cloth of gold, said Jane. Why, what's the matter, Lucy? It's all too perfect, said Lucilla, sniffing. Look at the trees and the grass and the quiet. What on earth can we have done to deserve this? Nothing, said Jane. Let's hope we shall do something to deserve it before we die. End of chapter 6